what's the Black Swan Group's biggest problem because of two things? We operate EOS, and secondly, we operate the Black Swan Method in all our communications. Meeting demand. That's our biggest problem. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't have other things that we're struggling with. Everybody does. But the application of these ideas shifts your problem to having enough business to meeting demand. Add in proof of life, add in negotiating a team, all the different aspects of the Black Swan Method. That's going to be your biggest problem. Meeting demand. That ain't a bad problem to have, is it? <laughs> Let this stuff begin to take hold. Because as Derek says, once you become that outlier, you literally, you thank God that there's still all this bad advice out there. Because your competitors are listening to it. Thank God people are still doing the yes momentum. Thank God people are still emphasizing the first impression. As if the first impression casts a magic spell. And you never have to do anything ever else again. And the people that do that wonder why folks are not calling them back. That ain't a problem if you're running a black swan method. You're never wondering why somebody's not calling, because nobody's not calling you back. You might not be calling some people back. They may be wondering that about you. But this, apply this stuff. Take the effort to do it, and your biggest problem is meeting demand. Makes it easy to deal with the other problems, doesn't it? All right. We got, what, did the clicker, is it up here? And this is not a droid in Star Wars. Q2P1. What is, you know, he doesn't run around. It's not a Star Wars droid. What is that? Quick two plus one. Yeah, who threw that out? Nice. Remember, you don't get in life what's fair, you get what you negotiate. If you want to become a better negotiator, click the link in the description below. You're going to find out that there's going to be maybe five situations that you deal with over and over and over again. It might be wearing a different mask, but it's the same villain under the mask. So when you start coming up with your stock labels for dealing with this, you're going to find out that you're going to use them over and over and over again. Nick's probably said, sounds like you still see the value in this. 300 times? So you're also going to be developing your list of go-to labels here. So our bottom line here, point, why these skills? Most of you know that we, we say they're basically three negotiator types, globally, worldwide, five flight, make friends. If we were to do uh, a rigorous analysis of the data that we've collected over 15 years, if we felt like doing a qualitative study to put in a peer-reviewed journal and suffer the onslaught, of all the PhDs who want to tear our data apart, we could do that. We probably literally polled 
Now it's got to be 20,000 people? Globally? I mean, literally globally. Pick a country. We've coached somebody from that country or taught them. And the world breaks up pretty evenly into thirds. Fight, flight, make friends. Those were our ancestors. They fought the saber-toothed tiger. They ran from the saber-toothed tiger. They made friends with the saber-toothed tiger. The caveman that couldn't make up his mind got eaten. There are no indecisive types left, right? What do I do? Your lunch. Doesn't have any descendants. So if there are three types, why we, why we, why we put all this emphasis on a quick two plus one, labels and mirrors? Any thoughts? Each type uses one more than the other. What's that? Each type uses one more than the other. Each type uses one more than the other. You're on the right track. You're on the right track. Because those three skills work with everyone. They have the same brain? It's an interesting thought. That's probably part of why they work with everybody, because they're operating from the same neuroscience sort of makeup, right? The limbic system. They've all got the same basic wiring. Yeah, and then among that polling, on the, on the data that we polled, like 20,000 people, you know, we did this in the business schools that we taught in. Great thing about American business schools, like everybody globally is sending their business people to American business schools. A really interesting comment when we were working on the book that it was staring me in the face, but I never noticed. One of the authors that we worked with briefly said, do you realize you're looking at the future face of the globally CEOs? And do you also realize that the white male is a minority? Like, and I went back and I looked at the numbers and, and in, in the business schools that we taught in, just pulling the straight analytical numbers, white males never made up more than a third of the class. When, and you, so that, that's a global audience, global business executives, India, Pakistan, um, uh, the different, all the different Asian countries. We, po we polled them. We've taught the Chinese. Evenly in the thirds. Doesn't matter what country, doesn't matter what ethnicity, doesn't matter what religion. Fight, flight, make friends. Certain populations are skew. To, you put, you, uh, put 60 people in a room, you get, sometimes you get a little more assertive, sometimes a little more analytical, sometimes a little more accommodating. But even amount, it's, it's thirds. Highest percentage shot. In, in that polling, we asked every group, what skill do you want to have used on you to make a great deal with you? These are the skills that no matter who you're faced with, all three types listed labels and mirrors in their top three every time. While you're working out what your counterpart might be, there is no higher percentage shot, no matter who they are on the other side, than to approach them with labels and mirrors. Because among typing them, we asked them, not what do you want to use to get a competitive advantage, what do you want to have used on you to make a great deal with you? 
As soon as somebody's got the words I want or I need in their head, you're in a negotiation. Actually, for a long time, people will always say, what's the difference sales and negotiation? Sales is getting I want or I need into somebody's head, which is much earlier. As soon as I want or I need is in somebody's head, you're in a negotiation. The moment you open your mouth, your tone of voice is impacting. What in your counterpart? Your tone of voice will induce what in your counterpart? Either trust or push you away. Right, right. Which, and in, in, in larger terms, that is? No reaction. What kind of reaction? Exactly. Right Emotional reaction. Not that it might. Not that it might. It will. Derek, when you were, had hostage negotiators, what was the one thing if they could master, it didn't matter almost what they said on the phone? Tonality. How you say it five times more important than what you say. The beautiful thing about your voice being able to evoke an emotional response in your counterpart, since Chris has already pointed out to you, you know what's going to happen. What's the beauty in that? You control it. That's it. How cool is that? I can reach into your brain just by my tone of voice, and I can dial you up emotionally, and I can dial you back. That's a tremendous amount of control over another human being. 